0: Here it is, the very cornerstone of conspiracy scholarship. This book, sir, contains every conspiracy theory concept in our beloved literature.
1: You've written a book.
0: I have, don't look so surprised. I'm surprised because a person who doesn't read has apparently written a book. Just because I don't read doesn't mean I can't write. Uh, Admittedly, not reading does make copy editing a problem, but that's why we have publishers. Make them do the work, since they clip so much of the ticket. Indeed. It seems wrong to
1: mention royalties after a monarch's death, and I guess it will remain so. So this book, then, it covers everything conspiratorial, does it? Every single conspiracy theory, concept, and topic.
0: Gosh, blind your impudence, sir. Yes, every single concept.
1: Oh, well, in that case, I hope you will not object if I offer you my most enthusiastic appreciation of a text expounding on the vices of conspiratualities. What? Conspirituality is a common term in epistemic lexicon. Damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm an aseptic, and even compunctious to have caused you such pericombobulation in your unwarranted analyses into the credence of beliefs, conspiracies, complottable, conspiratorial, and conspiritual.
0: Uh, are these more conspiratorial terms?
1: No, just lines written by Ben Alton, co-opted by me, and dedicated to Dean. The Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, featuring Josh Edison and
0: M. Dentith. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, here in Auckland, New Zealand. I am Josh Edison, and in Zhuhai, China, we have Associate Professor of Philosophy and creepy long haired Japanese girl crawling out of a well, Dr. M. R. X. Dentith. No, that's the wrong creepy Japanese girl. That's the other one. And I'm impressed. You can do it for that long, but uh, seriously, that's made a good, good Christian ring reference, and you're messing it up with your grudge malarkey. Honestly, I'm not. I'm. I am not i i do not approve. Well, this, this mixing of franchises, even though they literally mixed the franchises, I, I don't don't stand
1: for, for it. an entire trilogy. There's a trilogy. Oh God, were well, there are three of, of them? Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah, Sartago yeah. versus the Grudge one, two, and three. Goodness, I've only I... seen the first one, and that is why I've never seen the other two. Yep,
0: yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so we—how many—how many episodes in a row has this been of us looking at at, at academic papers? It seems to be the thing. Three the for me, I think it's and. Three.
1: Technically four for you,
0: but we won't. We won't explain why. We, we won't get into that just yet. No. Uh, yeah. So we have another paper to look at, uh, but it's a special paper. Again, it's not a. It's not a. a an edition of conspiracy theory masterpiece theater. Um, it's a. It's another send off to the dearly departed Dean Ballinger, whose paper was published just after, ju- just posthumously,
1: on the day of his funeral.
0: Ah, oh, well, there you go. Which uh, I see. I'm,
1: in theory, I think was an accident, but seems a little bit on the nose because this paper was received at the Journal of Contemporary Religion back in October of 2018. It 2018. was accepted. Yep, accepted for publication in November 2020, and then almost two years later, went into print. So that's mm. that's four years. That, and that, that four formal? years is no. No, mm. I mean, well, it's not normal in philosophy. I know of a few fringe cases of people three years later still waiting for their final acceptance. But normally papers take anywhere between six months to eighteen months to get from submission to acceptance so this this seems like a long time apparently it's a covid related ordeal but there is four years between the first draft well there are two years between the first draft and the finished product and then two years between the finished product and publication and some of that is evidenced by what's In the article itself Because Mm. this article concerns David Icke and it makes some claims About David Icke which are no longer true Notably that David Icke Has a YouTube channel which used To be true in 2018 Stopped being true sometime in 2020 and then reading It in 2022 going I can't remember when did Ike lose out in a footnote
0: Post submission this Has changed so um, How about we play a sting then actually start looking at this thing. Indeed.
1: Now I feel I get to do the abstract this time because you've been doing the abstract a oh, yes. lot Joshua, a lot. I like, so it, this I is, like
0: an abstract. Hmm.
1: This is Conspirituality and the Web, a case study of David Icke's media use and it's written by a dear friend of the show but now unfortunately deceased, Dean Ballinger and Anne Hardy who are both, well, who were both and are both at the University of Waikato in media studies. And the abstract reads like this. Recent scholarship, notably that of Charlotte Ward and David Voes, has developed the category of conspirituality to describe the contemporary melding online of New Age beliefs and conspiracy theories. This article seeks to interrogate the premise that conspirituality is primarily web-based through an examination of the media practices of leading UK-based conspiritualist David Icke. It argues that conspirituality operates through a synergistic model of media use, in which the web functions in a complementary fashion alongside other media such as books and lecture presentations. Drawing on frameworks from digital religion studies, the article further argues that this model serves to reinforce Ike's authority as a conspiratorialist, along with developing a sense of community among his audience.
0: And uh, as we will see shortly, conspiratorialist obviously is a, a portmanteau of uh, conspiracist and spiritualist. it all. Also, could be a portmanteau of conman and spiritualist, which would also well, work quite well. It does actually, yes, yes. Um, so there's an introduction section, which is quite seems quite long, but it it, um, it 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 as an introduction section should introduces a bunch of stuff, gives gives a bunch of background, which I don't know whether this a philosophy paper would probably be the sort of stuff that we'd skip over and get straight to the main bit. But since it's talking about things we don't normally discuss. Uh, it's probably worth going through to actually set things up. Uh, so it begins with a bit of a bit, 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 a, bit of the usual definition and, and introductory stuff. It starts: New Age spiritualities and conspiracy theories are bodies of alternative knowledge and practice that, respectively, have had a high degree of cultural visibility and influence in the millennial period of the late twentieth and early twenty-first century. Both possess long and complex cultural histories, and are the subject of academic discussions across disciplines such as religion, politics, and sociology. And I think a little bit later on they'll be talking about exactly what sorts of strange, random individuals across these disciplines might be discussing this kind of thing. But we're not there yet. <clears throat> um, so, by sort of goes through a little bit of sort of the history of, of New Age spirituality. Um, and and starts defining things by saying, regardless of the diverse historical and cultural contexts associated with the concept, scholarship recognises certain key principles or beliefs as distinctive identifiers of New Age spirituality. For example, Olav Hammer delineates the New Age as a large and diverse body of alternative spiritual teachings and practices that are based upon some core metaphysical principles. In summary, these are a holistic view of reality encompassing the cosmos, the Earth's natural environment, and humans envisaged as an organism combining mind, body, and spirit, an epistemology that recognizes modes of knowledge such as intuition and indigenous spirituality alongside or superior to scientific rationalism. In an ontological sense that humans are significant parts of the system and that our mental shapes state reality. So that's the, they, um, the setup of vague spirituality. Yeah. And they they
1: conclude this paragraph with these principles inform a significant new age uh, es- ah, I can't say Eschatol- eschatology today.
0: Eschatology? Eschat- eschatology,
1: Eschat- Eschat- Ah, yes. A new age eschatological trope the belief that humanity is undergoing a paradigm shift in spiritual consciousness and awareness away from the dominant spiritually corrupt paradigm of Western materialism. And when I read that, I was going, hmm, I can kind of see if this is how you're characterizing this kind of New Age ethos or period of time we're seeing at the end of the 20th, beginning of the 21st century, how these ideas can be easily co-opted to political ends. Because if you're going, well, there's a paradigm shift going on. And that paradigm shift from the New Age, uh, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, is also happening at a point of increased liberalization, at least within Western style democracies. And so you might go, oh, who's actually leading this paradigm shift? What's, what's causing the shift in consciousness? So you can kind of see how you might end up going, yeah, I can see if you've got a particularly conspiratorial bent, you might go, hmm, is this change really for the better? For whose benefit
0: is this change occurring? Mm, yes, no, they do dovetail nicely, as we will see. Um, so having talked about what they mean by by spiritualism and New Age spiritualis- spirituality, um, they then Give a bit of an intro to conspiracy theories um, they start by saying the subject of conspiracy theory is similarly diverse in terms of the epistemological scope and cultural factors involved and refers to Michael Barkun's categories of, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this before, haven't we, the super conspiracies and so, systemic uh, event, conspiracies and stuff?
1: Event conspiracies, systemic conspiracies, mm. and super conspiracies. And Barkun goes, well, look, beliefs about event conspiracies, they seem reasonable because conspiracies do occur. But the systemic conspiracies are the ones which are slightly dicey and the super conspiracies the all-embracing conspiracy theories they're the ones which are really bad now i i'm no fan of Barkun's cat- categorization of conspiracy theory because i i feel it's a very 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 blunt hammer trying to make a round peg go into a square hole or however that metaphor works and that works on the surface but the more you try to plug examples into a schema the less it works.
0: But we ha- I I I haven't gone back and looked. I know we've covered this stuff before. Would it have been if the likes of Lee Basham's malevolent global conspiracies or something, having a, a go at that. But at any rate.
1: I think Yuha Riker talks about Barcoon uh, and be, either yes. political or ethics of conspiracy theory. So I think we covered it
0: back then. Mm, so they are things we've looked at before. <clears throat> but then yeah so so now now Having defined that, we we talk about um well we talk about how people talk about this. Uh, the paper says academic perspectives on the meanings and function of conspiracy theory span numerous disciplines and gives a few examples. They talk about good old Sunstein and Vermeule as people who talk about them in the area of uh, political studies and the social sciences. They talk about Knight. Uh, Peter Knight. Study. Peter
1: Knight, Peter Knight, not not Michael Knight. Michael Knight, oh. as far as I am aware, has not published anything on conspiracy theories. I believe Kit might have done, but Michael mm. definitely
0: not. You'd think so. Uh, and then um, says that while philosopher it says philosophers have become interested in conspiracy theories as manifestations of shifts and tensions in Western thought regarding standards of epistemological uh, epistemological authority, referring to one dentist of twenty fourteen. I, 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 frankly I have no idea who that could be, but um sounds like sounds like they know what they're talking about, I guess, if, if Dean saw fit to quote to quote them.
1: Mm, got this strange sense of deja vu
0: I've probably done that joke before. Yeah, can't remember. But anyway. I,
1: I, I, th- I think you've not only just done that joke before. I think you made the comment about haven't I done that joke before the last time you made this joke?
0: Well that was there so you could have added something and said yes you have to make a different one but anyway um so yeah ba- basically we, th- th- this this is now the area of stuff that we're all actually we're all fairly familiar with um, we can skip right through although there was there was the bit where he says, they say although conspiracy theories generally operate in the domain of politics and new age beliefs in the domain of spirituality, there have long been instances of crossover between the two, which made me think this is that? Been a thing? Conspiracy theories are generally in politics. I wouldn't have thought so, but I don't know. Maybe the ones people are most interested in.
1: Well, I I think there's also there is an issue with looking at conspiracy theory scholarship because everyone has their own particular interest in what they take to be the kind of exemplar examples, and actually, this comes up a lot when philosophers are talking with, say, social psychologists or other social scientists about our interest in conspiracy theories, because particularists by and large want to focus the conversation on political conspiracies, because we're concerned that political conspiracies might go unnoticed if we're using a pejorative term like conspiracy theory to dismiss any warranted conspiracy theorizing. Well, social psychologists tend to be much more interested in To put into air quotes, the wackier conspiracy theories that people believe. So flat earth beliefs, the idea that Elvis is still alive, the fact that Diana may have faked her death, or Prince Charles was involved in the assassination. And so people kind of pick out the category of belief they think is interesting, and then they find examples going back through history. So part of this is, this is a paper looking at mysticism, supernaturalism, And conspiracy theories at the same time. So, the category that Dean and Anne are looking at is slightly different from the kind of ones that we routinely refer to in our conversations.
0: Right. So, um, having set up what they mean by spirituality and uh, conspiracy theories, they then uh, introduce this idea of conspirituality, uh, saying in their article of 2011, The Emergence of Conspirituality. Charlotte, Charlotte Ward and David Voas argue that the millennial period has spawned a substantive and integrated synthesis of conspiracy theory and new age belief that is distinctive enough to be discussed as a specific strand or movement of 21st century alternative spirituality. They describe conspirituality as a syncretic cosmology of progressive spirituality and paranoid politics, wherein the potential for new and improved modes of spiritual and social development is perceived as being actively resisted and suppressed by conspiratorial forces which control the major systems of political and social power, and for whom such prospective change by necessary constitutes a fundamental threat. Solutions to repelling the threat represented by this conspiratorial control group predominantly lie in acting in accordance with a spiritually awakened new paradigm worldview. Now they say it's a, it's a, it's it's a relatively new um, occurrence, a new phenomenon. Um, the the this, the paper goes on to point out that some people argue that it's not actually that new, that this this, this intersection of the two things has been around a while. Although part of Borden versus view is that as they say conspirituality spirituality appears to be an internet-based movement with a relatively modest presence in quote-unquote real life. So This the, this kind of it that they're talking about um, is, is is dependent in large part on the internet, which I guess means it can't help but be a more modern phenomenon. I suppose
1: It's true. The ancient Romans didn't seem to have much in the way of decent Wi-Fi
0: No, no it was fun because they had all those aqueducts. You could have just put little aerials on top of them or something, and the, they could have just poured the Wi-Fi down the aqueducts, and it would have come into everyone's houses. That's how it. Worked, I mean, assume. it
1: literally would be the definition of streaming.
0: Mm, lit- oh, oh, oh. Do I approve of that pun? Yes, no. I think I, I think I approve. Yep, I'll I'll, I'll take it. Uh, and so, anyway, so so this is. This is their definition of, of conspirituality, and they finish out the introduction by saying this article seeks to contribute to this topic by interrogating the extent to which conspirituality can be considered a web-based movement by an analysis of the media use of leading UK conspiritualist David Icke. Never heard of him. No, no. Sounds like a sounds like an interesting fellow. Maybe we should read on. Um so yeah, sure. so the rest of the paper I'm,
1: I'm about to contradict that in almost the immediate <laughs> next section mm. uh,
0: So so yeah, the, the, the remainder of the paper is is sort of using David Icke as kind of a case study And looking at how he works and how his his uh, brand of conspiritualism um, is furthered by the internet Among other things so the first section following the introduction is Ikean Conspiruality and Synergistic Mediation. And a, a lot of it is mostly just sort of background on David Icke, which we are fairly familiar with. Yeah, although what I mean, what's interesting
1: about this, and I know this from experience, so those of us who study conspiracy theories tend to know who David Icke and Alex Jones are. People who don't study conspiracy theories often do not know mm. who these people are at all. Yes, and so what you get is you submit a paper to a journal and you say, I'm going to look, you know, prominent conspiracy theorist David Icke. And then reviewer B goes, never heard of this person, don't see why it's important. So then you have to rewrite the paper to try to explain to someone who's an outside reviewer that actually it's important to look at this person they've never heard of because they're famous. They're just not famous in the way that they're a household name. They're famous within a very particular Mm. avenue of discussion or investigation. And I know of several people who have had a lot of trouble getting papers published because they you know, they want to talk about a prominent individual in a conspiracy theory movement, and reviewers simply go, well, I've never heard of this person. They can't be that important, and papers get rejected just on that. So this does a very good job of mm. pointing out who Ike is and his background, and giving him enough gravitas to then say, well, look, given his prominence, we should probably look at exactly how he acts and how his business model works.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. So so as you say this this first section does a good job of introducing David Ike to people who may not be familiar with his body of work. Um, mentions a couple of times that Dean attended one of his day long presentations in 2016. I assume you would have been present then as well or was that Yes, that was the no, no no that was the time that was the one where, where I, I gave you a cold. Yes, one was yeah. no, it. no, no,
1: no, no. It was the one you, where you gave me a cold and yep. I was getting more and more ill and actually quite drastically ill through the entire eight-hour presentation. And remember, people, this is 2016. This is before we even realized that you should, if you've got a coronavirus, you probably shouldn't be in the presence of o- other people. This was back in the old days where we just wanted about giving illnesses to people willy-nilly. And I'm saying back in the old days, we seem to have gone back to the dark mm. ages of just giving people viruses wherever we go. So yes, I was sitting there in the audience with Dean and Isaac, getting progressively iller and iller to the point where kind of two hours before the end, it looked like I was going to die. And Isaac promised me that if it did seem I was about to draw my last last. Ah, last breath, he would drag me to the stage so I could die at the knees of David Icke.
0: That would have been nice. But it was not to be. Uh, So I guess the main thing for us to take from this first section is it it talks about the kinds of things that David Icke produces. He has, as we know, many, many books. Uh, I think at the time this was written, they say he had 15 books. I imagine there's probably been a couple more come out since.
1: Yeah, I think it's 17 or 18 now. Yeah. Although the problem with David Icke's books is they're kind of all the same book, but with a different dust jacket.
0: Yeah, he has the books and he has the the the, the day-long lectures, such as the ones you've attended. Uh, and then, of course, he has his content on the internet. And as they sort of put it, the the books tend to form... That, that's that's sort of the bulk of the content that then gets disseminated via his lectures and via the web. Although, as we'll see, he he tailors them a bit. They say most of the books are constructed around a couple of key approaches, autodidactism, in which Ike Marshall's numerous references from a wide variety of subject areas to back up his conspiritual ideas, and topicality, in which Ike endows his ideas with cultural currency by articulating them in relation to contemporary political, social, and scientific developments. I mean, the, the last couple of times we've gone and had a look at his website, it's, it's, all, um, it's all COVID. I... In fact, the last time we looked, he hadn't even got on to Russia and Ukraine, had he? It was still just it was still just Covid, COVID, COVID and vaccines. It
1: was, yeah. Mm. The other thing which Dean and Anne note here is that he's a, actually a very good public speaker.
0: Mm. And he yes. I mean
1: he really is. He's I mean, when we interviewed him. He's mm. charming, he's pleasant to talk with, he's friendly, he's excitable. Once he starts talking, he doesn't stop. He's a very charismatic person, which is problematic given his content.
0: Yes, and they, they introduce the idea basically that the, the books and the lectures and the web content, they all sort of work with each other to, to further his, his like brand, I guess is the right word. You'd
1: almost say, Josh, it's
0: synergistic. It is quite synergistic, yes. Synergistic mediation, you might say.
1: Mm, that'd be a good name for a title of the section.
0: Mm, mm. But that would be a world to live in, but it's not to be, unfortunately, as far as I'm aware. I'd have to look backwards, and I'd have to scroll back up a page in my notes to find that out. And, who's got the yeah. time for
1: and that. our scroll reels only go in one direction. That's why we must mm. always push forward and never yes. correct.
0: Never. Uh, so the next section now is how does Ikean conspirituality work? Authority and community, and so they they, they sort of talk about exactly the, the the model in which he his his whole current cons- conspiritualist worldview sort of gets put across. They ask what is it about the ways in which Aikian conspirituality is communicated to audiences through the synergistic model outlined above, that is the the books and the lectures and everything together, that render it credible and appealing for people to believe in, or at least to find it worthy of some form of deeper consideration rather than outright dismissal? And so in looking to answer that question, they... they borrow their approach from the area of digital religion studies. I don't know. I mean, I assume that's why this is in the the Journal of uh, Contemporary Religion rather than rather than something else. Um, I don't know. I don't know how these things work. Is is could is this a thing where you decide to take an angle so that it'll get into a particular journal, or do you reckon it they would have been using be. this and?
1: I mean, actually, not not knowing what kind of articles the Journal of Contemporary Religion publish on average, because it's not a journal that I submit any work to. It's also not a journal I have easy access to as an academic here at BNUZH. BNU I actually got the article we're looking at directly from Anne Hardy. Uh, my university does not subscribe to this particular journal so i can't i can't also go and check what else Mm. they publish i imagine because it's a journal of contemporary religion they're doing work which kind of spans the traditional churches and what they do in the modern age and also the new kind of outcropping of pentecostal churches and spiritual beliefs in the modern age as well
0: Mm so they do the the section then gives a bit of a bit of work on talking about how digital religions what digital religion studies is basically and how it works. And they get into that. They uh, refer to Heidi Campbell, who has written "Digital Religion," which apparently is is one of the, the key texts on on digital religion studies. They say, building on a study of a decades worth of prior research into religion online, Campbell and other contributors to digital religion discuss online religious content in relation to a suite of five traits: ritual, identity, authority, community, and authenticity. And they say so. In, when it comes to conspirituality and 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 David Ike's particular flavor of it, th- there's not a lot, not so much ritual. There's maybe a bit of identity and and questions around authenticity, but they say that they consider authority and community to be the two digital religion traits most relevant to understanding how ikean and conspirituality, as expressed through synergistic media, may come across as credible and appealing. And so, in the following sections, they talk about um uh, the, these concepts of authority and community and how how david ike portrays himself as an authority and how a sense of community sort of brings together this the, the uh, what what could possibly be called a conspiritualist movement which i think is the end of that section which leads us into the next one Synergistic media and ikean Conspirituality, expertise
1: expertise indeed auricker
0: mm, so so david ike he certainly portrays himself as an expert, doesn't he? He, he? He's possibly the world's leading authority on specifically the stuff that he talks about.
1: And crucially, his expertise is very special because it's by a form of, and I'm going to use here in quotes, divine revelation. He's being mm. given information by some power outside of human consciousness, which allows him to be able to detect correct information and be able to combat bad information he finds within the world. I think we've talked about this when we've talked about Ike in the past, but Ike's epistemology is one of synchronicity. If he has a thought and then he finds evidence supporting that thought, that is that higher power providing him with the evidence he needs to pursue his intellectual agenda. So he takes it that The best guide to truth is what the heart tells you is truth. Now, in non ikean epistemology, we call that confirmation bias, and that's a Mm. very bad way to generate information about the world. But in the world of Ike, confirmation bias isn't confirmation bias. It's a guided intelligence.
0: Mm. So in the paper, they say... In relation to digital religion frameworks of authority, the most prominent way in which synergistic media can be seen to validate Ikean conspirituality is in terms of establishing his authority as an expert within the wider culture of Western conspiracy theory. They say uh, uh, Ike's stature as a conspiracy expert is most really visible in regard to the depth and breadth of his erudition. Now, at this
1: point, I was going... I think statue is a weird word here. I mean, I know they need to build Ike up as this major figure here. But once again, Ike isn't really very well known outside of its own particular domain of alien shaped shifting reptiles control the world. So, Stature's is an interesting way to put his role as conspiracy expert. So Stature kind of intimates that he's, he's big and prominent. And the thing is, he is for people like us. Don't think he is for anyone else. Even within various conspiracy theory communities, he's probably not got much stature. I don't think David Icke has much stature in the JFK research community. Or Probably the not, 9/11 so. truther community. Also, there's a video glitch going on here that that means your head is shaking back and forth rapidly, as if I'm in a horror film.
0: Yeah, but I'm I'm not getting it at my end. Unfortunately, I feel like I'm missing out now. Yeah, I'll, I'll just let you... I mean, I feel as if I I,
1: I died in Vietnam and mm. this is some kind of weird dreamlike state where climb I think I'd come back to America. Yeah, Climb just, the ladder. <laughs> climb that ladder, Jacob. Climb that mm. ladder.
0: Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, so when they're talking about the, the depth and breadth of his erudition, they basically mean that he's written a lot of books and there's a lot of... Uh, information. You, I, I, they, they talk about his, bo- his book, knowledge. Um, I kind of hesitate at using the term knowledge to describe the stuff that's in his books, but um, he he's a lot of information. No denying that. And his. Um... Wait, you know, Josh, I I would go further. There are a lot of
1: words in his books. A there lot. There are numerous of
0: words. words. Mm. Yeah.
1: There's, and there's he does... more words than information in his books. Those books are replete with words, not so replete with information and sadly lacking in knowledge. But there mm. are a lot of words. And for that, I will give David Icke his credit. He can put words on a page.
0: Yes. And so they talk about the fact that the, the, there is this this volume, uh, lets him, he, he can use the speaking tours to then spread his his. "Quote unquote knowledge," and in particular, they make they make point of the fact that he can that that you know while his books are static, his um, his lectures can be a bit a bit dynamic, and he he has the opportunity to tailor them to his specific audience as he delivers them, and they they sort of again mention the 2016 presentation where he he included token references to politics and current events in New Zealand. And then they say, so apart from the books and the lecture tours, they say, alongside these media, the web plays a vital role in maintaining and reinforcing Ike's status as a conspiritual expert due to its affordances and providing audiences interested in his ideas with access to vast quantities of news and other information that appear pertinent to the Ikean worldview.
1: Indeed, they list how the website at the time of writing, which was either 2018 or 2020, depending on when revisions were made, you know, there are category tags you can go to on davidike.com. So, you know, you've got medical health, movies, new physics, reptilian agenda, and Illuminati.
0: So there's this wide range of, of information that's available. They make uh, make reference to um, uh, the Jimmy Savile affair as is, is sort of boosting David Icke's cachet. They... They 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 stop short of saying that David Icke, Ike Icke had been talking about Jimmy Savile prior to Jimmy Seville being outed because as we've seen, there isn't actually a lot of evidence that he was specifically making accusations of Jimmy Savile.
1: I mean I'd say it's even worse. There's no evidence that David Icke ever mentioned Savile in lectures or books prior to Savile's i about to say arrest, but he actually he died you know, he prior died, to the yes, discovery of that. Mind, yeah. you know, prior to Jimmy Seville's posthumous arrest. I mean, basically mm. they, they should have done what they did to old Pope. They should have disinterred his corpse and put the corpse on trial.
0: Yeah. But yeah,
1: there's there's no there's no reference to Seville's activities until the media is printing claims about what Seville did. Mm. Ike has rewritten his history in the way that Alex Jones seems to rewrite his history all the time.
0: Yes, although uh, in this paper, though they 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 like I say they don't actually say that he specifically made claims about Jimmy Savile. They simply say the fact that uh, that David Icke, although he'd never mentioned Savile, he had for a long time been saying that that organi- uh, what's the quote organized child abuse was a core part of the atrocities committed by the Illuminati elites. So I think that th- they're making the, the weaker claim that the Jimmy Savile business uh, showed child abuse happening within a sort of, you know, higher levels of society and saying that, that, that could, um, that by itself was enough to, um, give David Icke a bit of a boost in stature. Yes. And this is
1: all due to the fact that David Icke has been repeating tired anti-Semitic tropes about, you know. Jewish people abducting children to engage in blood sacrifices, just updating it for the modern age. So now it's not the Jews, it's the Illuminati elites. And it just happens to be the case that accidentally, it turns out that one of Ike's old mates at the BBC, Jimmy Savile, was the kind of person who was engaging in terrible predatory practices towards children and people in the bbc and it turns out the british government had inklings about this and decided that they really weren't going to look into it at this time
0: so that's the section on the expertise how how ike is able to portray himself as a as an expert in his particular field the next section is synergistic media and ikean conspirituality embodiment and charisma
1: yeah, and this is the section where they point out David Icke, actually quite
0: charismatic. They they start by saying, while it is relatively straightforward to see how synergistic media usage served to bolster Ike's status in the area of conspiracy theory by enhancing his ability to access information, e.g., news history science, and convert it into evidence of his theories, the ways in which synergistic media may convey the new age aspects of Ike's worldview are comparatively less clear cut. But they say, um, follow that up by saying, we posit that one of the key ways in which the synergistic media model may serve to convey the New Age dimensions of Ike's worldview is by appealing to embodied and intuitive modes of knowledge and experience in relation to both Ike himself and those of his audience who subscribe to an Ikean worldview. And going, I think I I skipped over earlier, there was the part where they contrasted sort of New Age and conspiratorial sort of knowledge as New Age being so spirituality being being intuitive and, and quote-unquote feminine, whereas conspiracy theory stuff is more sort of scientific, rational, and quote-unquote masculine. And um, so here they sort of talk about how they bring those two different modes of knowledge together, and one way they can do that is by... Um, uh it, it, by, by making it personal and, and and as you talked about just before, his his sort of intuitive way of coming to knowledge um, in addition to all the the, the the research into what's going on in the world. Uh, they say arguably the most important method through which synergistic media helped to construct Ike as an embodiment of conspiritual authority is by endowing him with a sense of charisma and they go through a, a, a way of defining exactly what they mean by charisma that at no point refers to dungeons and dragons which well, I, I mean have you seen gravity D
1: d? No, but if they were referring to D&D, they'd have to decide which version. First edition, second edition, third edition, fourth edition, fifth edition, Pathfinder. I mean, there are Mm. so many different versions of D&D and definitions of charisma now. That I mean, it's just a can of worms to work out which one you're going to. I mean, maybe you don't even go for... A D and D version of Christmas. There are other role playing systems out there, Josh. I mean, well, yeah. it's it's too difficult. You would never get a, dis- a you never get the true peer review if you say went with third edition and you got a fifth edition person as your reviewer. It would just be rejection, rejection, rejection.
0: Well, maybe it's for the best then. But no, uh, Gravity Falls has the when they have an episode where there, there, there's a parody of Dungeons and Dragons, basically. And one of the characters says, "You know, this game must have been invented by nerds if, if charisma is considered a special ability." Anyway, they say that having defined charisma, they say in this respect, the lecture tours may be regarded as the key medium through which Ike is constructed as a spiritually charismatic figure. And he yeah, because the they Brace, they, he's, he's a good they point
1: out, yeah, the books the books don't give you much in the way of charisma. The website doesn't, although they they also point out that with things like the, the Ike dot connector and the other kind of video clips he does, there's a way of giving you short content, which gives you an idea of the kind of speaker and character Ike is. But if you want to experience the full, like, charismatic flow, you need to go to one of these eight-hour lectures and then see that for all of his faults, not many people can keep an audience going for eight hours whilst you're trying Mm. to persuade them that an iconic virus has taken over the world.
0: Yes. So in light of that, they say... In this way, Ikean conspirituality is conveyed to audiences as a belief system that is an active and vital spiritual and emotional experience, rather than a series of theoretical arguments presented in the text based form of books and web pages that the audience as readership is asked to weigh up evidentially. It can therefore be hypothesized that the live, interpersonal nature of the lecture format enables Ike to translate the conspiritual expertise evident in his books into the embodied authority of charismatic performance. Such performance may in turn serve to forge a sense of emotional and psychological connection between Ike and his audience, a personal bond that may help people find Ike's ideas convincing or believable.
1: Is it in this section that they mention how how Ike showed off how modestly he lives? So there's a a section in the article where (laughs) they talk about how someone implied that Ike lives in a mansion and drives a Bentley, and Ike got almost pleasure out of giving people a video tour of his very ordinary bungalow-esque home, which once again kind of posits him not as this, you know, this super mega-rich conspiracy theorist, but just an average bloke like you and myself who is concerned that maybe maybe alien shape-shifting reptiles have taken taken over the local primary
0: school. Yes, yes. Now that that comes at the end of this one, uh, this section where they're talking about his. His video content and his web content. Um, they do note after talking about the lectures, they note that um, Ike himself is is aware of the worth of his lectures. As um, I mean, as, as they was put it, as yeah, you know, th- this is the way he really forms connections with people and gets and puts himself across. Uh, when they note that while he has, or rather, had a YouTube channel with lots of content going up for free, actual recordings of his lectures would never. Available for free on his YouTube channel if you wanted to see them you had to buy them on DVD um, But they point out that by supplying free YouTube content as well and in his video his his live video cast as well that, that that prevents his charisma from becoming as they put it an exclusive experience So you you can you can get the David Icke experience without attending one of his lectures um, through some of his Do other you
1: think content. that David Icke has an OnlyFans? Imagine you know, pay pay five pounds a month and then David Icke, you know, photos of him having breakfast, a little little video snippet of oh, this is something the alien shapeshifting shifting reptiles don't want to do, maybe a little nude shot from time to time. I mean that would that would really humanize David Icke if he had an OnlyFans page.
0: It might, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe someone... we should have
1: a podcaster's guide to the conspiracy only fans page.
0: I mean, we could do that. We could. We could. That's all I'm saying. And yeah, yeah, so. As they say, um, alongside these overtly political videocasts, uh, Ike's websites also feature many items relating to his domestic life and personal circumstances, which, as you say, again, the thing about giving a tour of his house and so on. So it does. It, it keeps him down to earth. It keeps him human. It, it, it means he can present himself as this everyman figure, which I guess is important when you're talking about all It's these evil elites uh, controlling the world and making everything horrible. You don't ever want to be in a position where people might see you as being in any way part of the elite so as as we as we're going through the paper i think that the point they keep coming through to coming through over and over again is um you've got these these three aspects of his content the books and the lecture tours and the online presence and all three of them work together in different ways to sort of put him across as the as the figure that he is
1: today and you know, to my mind, the thing that really humanizes him is that when you put his domain name down in italics, it really does read like it's De- devidicky.com.
0: It does a little bit, yes. <laughs>
1: Please, Darby. come see my contact in davidickey.com.
0: Mm. So the website originally owned by actor Robert Darvey, and he used it for completely different persons, for so purposes. So Robert Darvey
1: is Darby the died, person who. No, isn't he the, Isn't he directing that Gina Carino film oh, about? yes, Biden? he's the one who died. Yeah. then.
0: yeah, you know, I think you're right. Oh, this is this, this changes everything. We've blown it wide open. Okay. Anyway, before we go too far down that rabbit hole, we have the the final section uh, before the conclusion: synergistic media and icon conspirituality, online community. So they say, as discussed above, Ike's charismatic performances, both live and recorded, not only serve to present him as an embodiment of conspiritual ideas, but also engage audiences enough so that they may feel a connection with Ike and his conspiritual worldview in their own bodies, a connection that may be translated into an intuitive understanding and appreciation of Ikean conspirituality. In other words, audiences may come to believe, to feel, or just quote-unquote know that Ike's ideas are valid or true without having to think them through critically or rationally. So that's that, that's that's sort of where you get at with the 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 mixture of the two of the, the the volume of of content behind the books and the charismatic delivery of the lectures and the web content, but they go on to say that this this at, at this point though, we're still not talking about a spiritualist movement of any sort for that you need you, you really need a wider community for it to counter something like that and that's where the yeah online so what you need is, is
1: for there to be a figurehead like david ike the kind of spiritual master you're referring to but from to be a spiritual master there needs to be acolytes and that's where the forums on daviddickey.com
0: really come into their own Mm. They say um, The existence of a shared cultural identity And symbolic boundaries among users Is readily apparent as a good knowledge Of Ike and conspirituality is required Effectively to understand and engage With much of the content presented which I think. Is so you, nice need saying, mm. you need to study Someone, your Ike You need to study your Ike Someone come into it blind will have no idea What the hell they're talking about a lot of the time They mention uh, Some of the, the forum sections Such as political manipulation Slash cover-up slash false flags Another one is vaccination-slash-big-pharma-slash-biowarfare. Another one, new world order-slash-global-government. Global um, there's stuff about reptilians, reptilians and ET races. races. The, matrix. the matrix,
1: nature of reality. Mm. and oh, but, but this one, big brother, microchipping, problem, reaction, solution. That's case of Yeah, we've got these other categories that we're not entirely sure how to sort, so we'll just put them all. We'll have, we'll have, we'll have a MISC section.
0: MISC. Mm. But they do point out, though, that you have the stuff that um, is is very, very, is borderline incomprehensible when you're first coming into it. Uh, But they point out that although such topics may suggest that the davidike.com forums reflect a culture of exclusivity centered around an insider knowledge of Ike and spirituality, forum interactions are facilitated by users in a manner that fosters a communal sense of inclusive connectivity and hiccups inclusive connectivity and they it talks about how there's a lot of lots of stuff um there's a, there's a new members forum there's threads that say welcome newbies please introduce yourself and they talk about you know, th- th- they make a point of having lots of resources for people who are new to it to to get them to get them in there and there's uh th- there isn't a lot of the gatekeeping and exclusivity that you might find in other online communities where people are sort of downright hostile hostile to, to folks who aren't already on the inside. This is welcoming because, because that's how you get a movement to grow, basically. And they finish this up by saying, in terms of the synergistic model of conspiratorial media use, the sense of communitas provided by the davidike.com forums pre- prevents, presents a necessary complement to the gravitas of Ike as conspiratorial authority figure that is conveyed through his books, lecture presentations, and web videos. From the point of view of prospective audiences, Ike's conspiratorial worldview is articulated theoretically in his books, emotionally in his performances, lectures, and videos, and communally in the web forums and other forms of social media. So there... So there you have it, basically. They, I, I guess, t- tying it back to what they're up to, uh, talked about at the beginning. Why, why we went through all of this um, is using David Icke as a case study, I guess, to show how this this sort of conspiritualism works in the modern age and how the internet is a is a is, a, is an essential, I guess, part of it of of making a worldview like this. So we we've had con- we've had spiritualism for a long time we've had conspiracy theories for a long time but this particular brand of conspiritualism wouldn't be able to work in the way that it currently does if you didn't have the internet content working synergistically with your books and your lectures and what have you
1: indeed and the shame about dean no longer being with us is that the question i want to ask him is can we apply the same analysis to Alex Jones? Because, of course, Alex Jones goes on and on and on about how demons are literally in, invested in the souls of the members of the Democratic Party. So in the way that Ike blames everything on alien ship-shifting reptiles from another dimension, Jones is now very much of the opinion that it's literal Demons. It's not figurative evil which drives the Democrats. It's literal demons who drive it. And presumably, given that Jones's economic model for infowars in PrisonPlanet.com is pretty much identical to DavidDickey.com. It should
0: work in the same
1: way, presumably.
0: Well it's interesting, yeah, because there's his, his his isn't a, isn't a new age spirituality spirituality. I guess it's a, it's a, it's very much an it's old school good old Fire and Bible thumping
1: Christianity.
0: But at the same time, there's a lot of crossover between the new age stuff and the wellness stuff. And Ike's all about. I don't know, oh, Ike yeah. Jones is all about yeah. his his nutritional supplements and things like that. So there's great also being, Pro. Mm. There's been a lot of a lot of a lot written about the relationship between sort of well the the, the slide from sort of wellness into anti-vaxxer stuff into white supremacist stuff. I think they they sort of charted a bit of relationship there. Given that that in in uh, sort of white supremacist ideology, there's a lot of a lot of emphasis on purity and so on, and and purifying the body and the spirit and so on. So you can actually um, it's it, it is possible to go from just sort of general wellness into much more dodgy beliefs, but um, that's possibly a topic for another time. Because we still have the conclusion of all of this. Uh, do you want to take the conclusion? You did the abstract. Indeed. The
1: recent formulation of conspirituality as a category for discussing the synthesis of conspiracy theory and new age spirituality constitutes an important contribution to religious studies and other disciplines engaged with the realms of conspiracy theory and alternative spirituality, such as political science and sociology. However, as a relatively new formulation, conspirituality needs to undergo critique and further elaboration in order to develop its theoretical potential. To this end, this article has sought to interrogate one of the formative premises of conspirituality proposed by Ward and Voas, that it is essentially web-based, by examining the communicative practices of leading UK conspiritualist David Icke, in order to argue that conspirituality operates in a synergistic fashion across a range of media. The configuration of conspirituality as a multimedia phenomenon serves to widen the scope for ah, scholarly consideration Mm -hmm. of the significance, meaning, and impact of conspiritual belief systems within contemporary Anglophone societies, away from the more culturally restrictive and reductive theorizing that is likely to result from a dominant focus on conspirituality as a phenomenon that happened almost exclusively on the web. In undertaking this work, this article has used trays employed in the field of digital religion studies, notably authority and community, to explore and describe how the operation of conspirituality occurs across those media linked together in the synergistic framework. It has asserted the position that digital religion perspectives should be considered in relation to broader contexts of media usage this position suggests numerous areas of further research into conspirituality. For example, the question of how mediation may serve to actualize the possible ritual dimensions of conspiritual belief and practice, or consideration of the way the development of conspiritual belief systems may be influenced by social media sites.
0: Now I have to say I didn't notice until we started reading through this but I'm quite like the fact that Google Docs doesn't recognize the word conspiratorial and so has it underlined and red wiggles every time because I swear if I'd been reading this without that I would have been saying conspiratorial instead of conspiritual over and over again and fortunately Google Google Docs's ignorance was my gain. So there conspirituality Do you think you'll be using that term much more in the future? I but niche, yeah. I it's one of
1: those things where I can see what Ward and Voes were trying to do with their postulation of conspirituality. I just don't think it's a necessary term we need in our lexicon of conspiracy theory theory terms. And that yes, there are conspiracy theories that have spiritual aspects to them that trade upon revelations of a spiritual kind or the claim that the conspiracy is orchestrated by some kind of supernatural power. It's also true that a lot of conspiracy theories occur on the net. One thing which I was thinking about when I read this paper was Steve Clark's paper on conspiracy theories and controlled demolition conspiracy theories in the age of the internet and the way that he's talked about how conspiracy theorizing has changed in an online milieu and what's interesting about clark's paper it was it was written largely before what we now call social media existed so it would be right to kind of go back to that and look at it from a social media lens and you can do all of this work without necessarily thinking that this new form of conspiracy theorizing is different from what came before and Bellinger and Hardy do kind of hint at that at the beginning. They point out that, you know, there have been spiritual conspiracy theories in the past. The example they use of Pelley is a nice one to show that, look, there has been this crossover in the past. And it's interesting that their criticism of conspirituality to say, well, look, Ward and Voess are wrong to say it's mostly an online phenomena. If we want to understand how Ike works as a conspiritualist, we need to talk about his books. We need to talk about his lecture presentations. And I think maybe it's better to bite the bullet here and go, well, look, conspirituality is a nice concept, but it may not be as explanatory or as useful as some theorists think.
0: Well, fair enough. Uh, And so that brings us to the end of this look at a, at a, a paper that uh, is a little bit outside the usual of things that we look at, but uh, very interesting nonetheless. uh, Largely, I think, because we like a bit of Ike. We like Ike to talk about anyway, to discuss.
1: Yes, Mm. yes. We don't don't, don't like Ike in the sense that we endorse his views or wish to espouse those views on this podcast.
0: Mm. So... That is the end of this episode, but there is, of course, a bonus episode coming for our patrons. Uh, and got what to talk a about...
1: bonus episode it yes. is. We've got, we've got bit two of bits of Trump news. We have a bit of Trump. We've got some royal funeral
0: news. Uh, how could we not? Yes. A bit of local stuff.
1: Yeah, a little bit of local stuff. And then we've got the Chess Grandmaster Anal Bead Conspiracy to round things off
0: with. Yes. Don't know if it quite counts as a conspiracy, but we're going to talk about it. You can be sure of that.
1: Yep, because I mean, you, you, you know what they say. Lisa needs braces. Anal beads! Lisa that's needs exactly
0: braces. They say. Anal beads! God damn it. That's what I'm going to think every time I hear that quote from now on. Curse you. Uh, so while I, while I sink into my new life as a person who thinks anal beads every time he hears Lisa sees braces, you can get along with your lives um and uh, oh I suppose I should do the usual spiel of course if you want to become a patron go to patreon.com and search for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy and then you too can listen to us talking about chess masters and their anal beads um, anal if you're already a patron then you' then you're quite frankly sort and if you don't want to be a patron for some reason for, uh, for reasons that are completely beyond me, you don't want to hear us talk about chess grandmasters and their alleged anal bead conspiracies. Uh, well I mean, that's fine you you do you. Um, you've listened to the end of this one so good for you quite frankly. So to one and all, uh, I guess I guess a final a final farewell to Dean Ballinger, nice little postscript to his career. And uh, to the rest of you, goodbye. We'll see you next week.
1: Vale, Dean. Vale. The podcasters' Guide to the Conspiracy stars Josh Addison and myself, Associate Professor M.R. Extender. Our show's cons... Sorry. Producers are Tom and Philip, plus another mysterious anonymous donor. You can contact Josh and myself at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com and please do consider joining our Patreon. And remember, it's just a step to the left.